Well, welcome this morning, and uh, those that are watching online or Facebook, welcome. And uh, let's have prayer together as we begin. Father, we come to you, Lord, in 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 difficult times, really frustrating times. Uh, so much going on, and and yet, Lord, we realize that when we rest in you, we know that we are covered, Lord, in every way that is necessary. And so we come to you and say thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy and your love. We, as we come together to worship, we ask, Lord, that you open our hearts and our minds as we sing and draw us close together, close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Tis an ocean 
vast of blessing. Tis a haven, sweet of rest. All the deep, deep love of Jesus. Tis a heaven of heaven to me, and it lifts me up to glory, for it lifts me up to thee. Well, we are continuing with our regimen here. We wear our masks and wash our hands. We've got the the sanitizer, hand sanitizers around the church in various places. So uh, we also will be taking communion uh, this morning. We are using the individual packets. They're out on the table out there. If you didn't get one. While the next song is going, when we start singing our next songs, if you want to go out and get a, uh, get one, don't hesitate. And we'll be using those for communion. Uh, offering, the plate is up here. I think I've covered all of the things that we were doing differently. Other than the masks, uh, if uh, you're having a dif- any difficulty breathing you're, and you're doing the social distancing properly, you can you can take your mask off if you're having difficulty breathing. But uh, if we're going to sing, you need to have the mask on. Other than that, you just have to quietly hum. Uh, <laughs> the uh, prayer needs this morning. Uh, Kay is uh, on Wednesday. Kay Morris is having back surgery. Um, it's pretty extensive. And uh, it's going to start Thursday morning. Uh, and uh, Dr. Messagey is the uh, doctor, and uh, she asked that we would pray for her and for him. And uh, then uh, Diane Van, she is back home. Uh, she sees the doctor this week, uh, still having some heart concerns. So uh, they're trying to monitor that. And somebody says, well, why would they send her home? Well, because she's safer at home than she is at the hospital in reference to the COVID-19 going around. So... Uh, it makes more sense to have her home than there, but she's uh, she still uh, needs prayer there. Um, Grant had surgery on his foot, and we just want to pray for a quick recovery, no infections. Uh, Bill Harward had a, uh, an industrial accident and has at least, what, 20, 30 stitches around your nose and mouth? Yeah, and uh, so we want to... Pray that that will heal well. And the biggest thing, of course, with that many stitches and stuff like that, is that no infections or anything. And uh, certainly the ongoing pandemic situation, the hurricanes. I mean, if you've been watching the following the the news, the weather in it's both in the uh, Atlantic and the Pacific. One heading towards uh, uh, Hawaii, uh, already gales and and heavy wind and, and rain there. So as well as down in the Gulf of Mexico and coming again towards the Atlantic. So uh, just lots of things going on that we need to keep in prayer. Um, also, just uh, something to set aside in the sense of praying for our local
police officers. Uh, with, the, with the pandemic going on and different concerns, they're being called out now to do lots of different things. Suicide watch, um, big concerns there. Uh, well, what they call welfare calls when they're not able to get a hold of something, going and checking on people and uh, ministering to people in, in ways that they don't normally do. And that stretches them very thin when there is an emergency as well. So uh, we just want to keep praying for them and uh, make that, a, I, I would say, make that part of your daily prayers right now. And our government officials as well, as they try to figure out how to deal with all of this, our schools, how to, to deal with all of this is uh, the, the COVID-19 and all. And so there's much to be praying for. But realizing in the midst of this, we have a sovereign God. And he has not lost sight of anything. And we can't always tell where he's going with something. But we know he's in charge. Okay. And also just a quick shot, prayer for Thanksgiving for new life. We got two babies here this morning. <laughs> and uh, so uh, just thanking uh, the Lord for that as well. So let's pray together. Yes. Oh, yes, Jackie. Uh, Jackie's son, uh, uh, Garrett, is uh, having to go south today uh, for four days of uh, treatment before his final laser surgery on his eye. So uh, just uh, Jackie asked that we would continue to pray for, for that. Jackie has, you know, because she's bedridden pretty much, she does get up. She, they do get her around a little bit. but she has leg issues and has had leg issues for years and she's just been having lots of spasms and cramps. And so, uh, uh, we just need to pray her through that as well. Oh yes. She, she, she has seen, you know, and of course being where she is, she's concerned because there's always that, all the news keeps saying, well, the worst place you can possibly be is in a, in a rehab home. <laughs> and that's where she is. So, uh, she, you know, but, and that unnerves her. And I understand that it would be too. So just keeping her up in prayer. Thank you for reminding me. Let's pray. Father, we have many prayer needs this morning. We think, Lord, of all of those that are dealing with uh, surgery to come or surgery recovery. And, uh, we ask, Lord, that you would be with them. Um, we be with, uh, Bill, uh, as, as he recovers from his industrial accident there, that all these stitches will heal well and, uh, be a minimal amount of no, if, if, if maybe not even any scarring at all. And we ask, Lord, that you would guard him against infections. We thank you for Grant's successful surgery on his foot. And as he recovers, uh, again, protecting him from infection. For Diana, she's at home, that uh, she could rest with a confidence that as she gets to see the doctor this week, I think it's Friday, that uh, she will be able to uh, get some more insight as to what's going on with her with her heart. Lord, we do pray for those that are in the hurricane zone, both in the Atlantic, the Gulf, the Pacific, and ask, Lord, that you would cause those things, as soon as they hit land, to just fall apart. And uh, that there would be no no serious injuries, 
protect people in their properties. And, and most of all, Lord, uh, we just ask that, that you would protect life. And, uh, Lord, for, for our local police department, uh, and departments in our, in our county and in the, probably across the nation, all the extra things that are going on with them as they uh, deal with the pandemic a- aftermath, the, the, the things going on with that, uh, the suicide watches, the uh, welfare calls, uh, just uh, people watching their every step at this point as well because of some of the situations that have come across through the news. And we just ask that you would be with them, protect them, keep them safe. And Lord, we ask, Lord, especially that you would cause them to have, uh, in a sense, a supernatural ability to be able to get through all of this. We especially pray, Lord, for their salvation. For those men that don't know you, we ask, Lord, for the, that you would come to them. For those that do know you, that they could be a testimony to their to their fellow officers as, they, as, as there's so much stress there. Father, we take an opportunity, too, just to pray uh, overall that this uh, pandemic, this this COVID-19, would uh, begin to just go the other direction in the sense of, of what's going on, that there would be fewer and fewer cases. Lord, we don't hesitate to pray for the miraculous, that you would just break the back of this virus and cause it to subside miraculously. We confidently leave that in your hands. And Lord, as we continue in our worship, we ask that you would use the music and the message this morning as we open your word to minister to our hearts and and bring strength to our walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you please stand with us as we continue in our worship? Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me. All my fears and failures fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Savior, He can move a mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. 
Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the Appreciate you guys up here. Thank you very much.
We're continuing in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And again, I would like to read the, the first seven verses. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. In the first part of verse 8, love never ends. We have uh, been going through this understanding of, of the, first off, the, the, the need for love. And the word love, again, I, I know some of this is repetitive, but I don't want to assume that, that at any time that, that, that we've got everybody every time listening and everything. So this love that, that Paul is speaking about here is agape love, God's love. And I want to, uh, again, st- state very clearly The only way this love can be your love is if you are in a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. So Paul is clearly speaking to believers. Now, that doesn't mean that as believers we can't misuse things that God gives us. And that's what Paul is concerned about here in the church in Corinth. And so one of the things that he's looking at is to... uh, Make sure that we understand here the way, as, uh, as my Bible heading for the chapter 13 puts it, the way of love. And so we've been in verse 4 looking at the characteristics of God's love. God's love is patient. God's love is kind. Uh, the idea of kind here is gentle and merciful. Uh, as it, it, Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. And today we're looking at it does not insist on its own way. Love does not insist on its own way. The idea of of, uh, this is that uh, where it says love does not insist, it's not seeking out its own way. Uh, the idea of seeking here is, is, is to pursue with intent. In other words, you know, uh, it, it's a conscious effort to say, I, you know, I am seeking out the love of God, but I, and I'm not seeking out my own way in the process. And the area of its own way here is, uh, I, I went through a number of, 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 different articles reading uh, on this idea of its own way. And that is, is that it came down to two key phrases, me first <laughs> or just plain selfishness, which is me first. And the reason why I chose out me first is, is just that uh, there's a tense, a tendency uh, in our, in our culture and in our nature to be that way. 
we want what makes me happy. Now, it's a possibility that what makes me happy will make you happy, too. It should. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of times we take that attitude that if it's making me happy, it's making everybody happy, you know, this type of thing. But the reality is we are not to insist on me first. We're not to insist on our selfish wants. Self-love, self-worth comes with the fall. And I want to to look here at, at, at what I call the self-love movement. Because quite literally, it was something that was very strong in the 60s. And it moved into the 70s, but it has even its roots back into the 50s. The idea that psychology was really pushing something that was actually developed pre-World War II, but, but didn't got, didn't get really pushed until the 50s and in the, into the 60s. Man is inherently good. What's the scripture say? Because of the fall, man is inherently evil or fallen or bad, however you want to put it there. But the culture, the world, was taking the, the, the position, man is inherently good. If man is got problems, if he's bad in his behavior, if he becomes a criminal or anything like that, it's because of his environment. Uh, it's, his vir- environment is, is bad, it has corrupted him. And so he came out of a bad home, or he came from the slums, or he came from, in other words, he was born inherently good, and, and then his culture shaped him. And if his, and, and his environment programmed him, if you will. And so, uh, the circumstances in his life were negative. And as a result, he's corrupted, and now he is, you know, he's bad. So all we have to do is get into a situation where we can fix that problem and, and, you know, create an environment in our, in our lifestyles and, and in our world where everything produces this idea of Everything is good. That was the goal of the of, of the fifties and sixties. Was you know, and then the from in the sixties it turned into a very much selfish kind of picture. Now I put here in myself for myself. I said the self love movement versus the Bible. Genesis three, man's fall and its consequences are made clear. If we were to look into the book of, of, of Romans, we would see very clearly the, 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 the consequences of the, of the fall. For instance, uh, in Romans chapter 3, it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They, they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. What, he, what, what Paul is addressing here is what the fall has produced. Man is seeking himself and for himself, only for himself. Self-love, if you will. 3.23 of, of chapter of Romans uh, says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
And chapter 6, verse 23, familiar with it, all of us, I'm sure, the wages of sin is death. And this context of death is not only physical, but is spiritual as well. Separation from God. The the other side of, of, of Romans uh, 6.23, though, is awesome. The wages of sin is death, but the free... The free gift <laughs> of God. You just, I just, I, I keep emphasizing free because we, we, this is so hard in, in, for people to, to grasp a hold of. I, I have to do something to get it. And the thing is, is that what needs to be done has been done. And we'll talk about that in a second, but, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God. How does this free gift of God come to us? Well, in in, in uh, chapter 5 of Romans, it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So it sets it up for us to see. Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. While we were insisting on our own ways, Christ died for us. If you want to get a clear picture of this, go through Romans chapter 1 and and start with verse 18. And just it talks about the corruption of, of man. And how he substitutes idols for for God and the animals and 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 different things that they worship instead of the uh, of the one true God. Man is corrupt. He wants his own way. He is selfish, self-centered. He is uh, you know caught up with his own worth and is more concerned about that than he is anything else. And yet, while we were in that condition. Christ revealed the love of God for us, that he died for us. Results, Romans chapter 10. And again, you guys are so familiar with these verses, but Romans chapter 10, verse uh, 8 through 13. But what does it say? The word is near you. Yeah, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all. And where it says Jew and and Greek, the word Greek there is broader than just the idea of the Greek people. Jew and any other person in the world. Greek was a word for for the nations, for the Gentiles, for the non-Jews. When the Jews, when the when the Hebrew people would use it, so it's 
It's distinction between, there is no distinction between Jew or any other race of people in the world. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We have an environment that says man's inherently good, and it's still with us today. We have a Bible that tells us very clearly that man has fallen, and as a result, inherently evil. Which one are we going to look at? Well, if we want to to understand and to know God, uh, then we have to look at his word to get the understanding. And that's why I went through Romans chapter 3 and and chapter 6 and read these verses. That the ultimate picture is that if we confess that he is God and that, and believe that he has been risen from the dead, that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. It's not because we have put any, it's, how do I put this? It's not the worth that, that we have put on us. It's the value that God put on us. And even scripture there tells us why. How are we created in his image? Unique to all of creation. And I mean all of creation. So somebody says, you mean, you know, space and stars and moons and worlds and universes? Yes, I do. We are unique in all creation. We are created in his image. As a result, we have a worth that he has put on us. How, how, how valuable a worth is it? It's, it's something so valuable to him, so special to him, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The other frequent verse we see posted on games, well, when there's games that are on, you know, when there's the, the crowds, John 3:16, God for so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We, again, come back to this. We're not to insist on our own way if we have the love of God working through us. God's love does not insist on, on its own way. And what, again, it means it doesn't demand me first. It doesn't, man, it doesn't demand uh, any selfish motivation. It doesn't demand self-love in the sense of I want everything that I can have. I don't care what you get. Jonathan Edwards wrote, the spirit of love is the opposite of a selfish spirit. I thought that really summed it up very well. The spirit of love is the opposite of a selfish spirit. Jonathan Edwards writing it during the first great awakening and, and, and preaching during that time. Now, again, remember, we're speaking of, of God's love as revealed through scripture, agape love, uh, the love of Christ, and it's most evident in, again, 
that while we were still sinners, he died for us. So it's that's why we look at the cross and we are in awe of it. We do not worship the cross. Uh, we're not called. And it doesn't mean that you can't wear a cross necklace. Don't misunderstand what I'm going to say here. But we're, it's, it's not a good luck charm. It may be a, a statement of your faith. And that's that's great. But it's not something that, well, if I if I wear the cross, I'm covered or if I cross myself, I'm covered. You know, this type of thing. The idea is that that we rest in God's love and 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 we remember that we're speaking of his love that is revealed through the cross. And when we say the cross, the love of Christ from the cross, we cannot leave. There's you got to think in a whole picture. When we look at the cross, somebody will say, well, we, we have an empty cross. I don't care whether it's a crucifix with Christ on it or a cross that's empty. It makes no difference. The reality is that the cross is a statement that must include the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. It's a whole picture. There isn't one without the other. So when it says Jesus died on the cross for us, while we were still sinners, he died on the cross for us. He also was buried. He also resurrected. It's there in that picture. Resulting then, if we believe, if we confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, we believe that he was raised from the dead, and then we are saved. At the point that we are saved, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That is God in us. And it's not a select few. It is anyone where we have confessed with our mouth, believed in our heart. It says you are saved with the point that salvation happens. The Holy Spirit is in you. God in you. God is now in the, 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 the process of breaking down who we were and causing us to become who he wants us to become. We're told in Romans again, offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, that we would not be conformed to the world. Self-love, self-worth, all that goes with that. But be conformed. Not conformed, but transformed, excuse me, metamorphosed, transformed into the, the likeness of Christ, basically. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. God's love. If God, by the way, scripture says God is love. Okay. So if the, and the Holy Spirit is God. So if the Holy Spirit's in us, what is in us? God's love. Now the word agape has meaning from within for us. God's love is in us. Yes, Romans 7 is going to talk about a battle between the flesh and the spirit, and it's ongoing. But the ultimate end is that God will finish the work that he has started in us. We will become his children, perfect, no self, no self left in a sense, but children of God, worshiping God. We've sang about it this morning. 
God's love is in us. The gospels show us, by the way, just a side note here, the gospels show us how God revealed his love for us. The letters of, of, of the different writers in, this, in the New Testament show us how to apply it, how to live it. And so I look at, at, at uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7, and I, I, and I put it in, in the way I was doing it was I inserted the word believer. Let's, well, I'll show you. Love is patient. Now I'm going to say the believer is patient. A believer in Christ. Anybody who claims this, you can tell these are the things that should be happening in their lives. A believer is kind. A believer does not envy or boast. A believer is not arrogant or rude. A believer does not insist on his own way. A believer is not irritable or resentful. A believer does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So now again, insert believer bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. By the way, because we have faith in Christ, a believer never ends. <laughs> we have eternal life. Paul wants us to see that we are a unique people. We're not like the rest of the world. We are interested in the collective in the sense of how the needs of each other are going to be met. Think of the first, uh, the history of the church in, 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 in Acts, how they met together. And see, and it says, Everybody brought their resources and put it together so that those that had plenty were sharing with those that had nothing. And and they ministered one to another. It says, as a result, no one had need. That's so unlike the way the world thinks. God calls us to the cross of Christ. To rest in his salvation. We are called to share his love and ask God to, to, to transform us. Not let us be of the world, but to be of his kingdom. People that reflect his kingdom. Everywhere that we go. Our priority becomes instead of what I can get, it's what I can give. And I have heard such amazing stories in my lifetime of sacrificial giving. I think of one situation in in India. I, I don't know if describers had heard this same one or not, but it was from one of the missionary families that uh, uh, in in India that had been there for this. I think they've been there four generations now. But they were talking about how they were able to bring in food for this one village where there had been famine. And they brought in boxes of food. And all the, uh, the people at church got these boxes of food. And they got to go home. And this one family, uh, the, 
was within a, a day or so, <laughs> you know, their food was gone. And they said, you know, wait a minute, you know, we just gave you this. And they said, yes, but my neighbor was starving and my neighbor on this side is starving and they're not even believers. If I die, I go to be with the Lord. If they die, they go to hell. They get one more day. Then, and you see how the priority changed? We don't, we, we need to think that way. We need to think about how important it is that people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, that they too will confess and believe that they would be saved. And it will come more than likely through your witness. How important is your witness? Well, again, we look at this. It's it's uniquely different than that of the world. We even are called, you know, I, I, I want to put it one, one more time, the great commandment. To love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And to love our neighbors as ourselves. Someone will say, as ourselves, self-love. See, it's there. And there are those who, who teach it that way. But it's, it's, in a sense, really, it's because we do love ourselves, saved or unsaved, <laughs> that we are to love our neighbor even ahead of ourselves. And to love God ahead of all things. And even to love within the frame of our neighbors, anyone who God puts in our uh, vicinity, in our, in, in our path, that becomes our neighbor. It could be our enemy. God says, love him, love her, the head of self. The only way this could be done is resting in Christ. Calling on the Holy Spirit to fill us daily. And I, I want you to understand the filling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is a one-time event. But the filling is an ongoing thing. Meaning, how much of me does he have? Well, I can't control that. All I can do is, is pray that God would fill me with his Holy Spirit. That he would cause me to walk in such a way that his Holy Spirit would open my eyes to see, my ears to hear, and my hands to reach out. God calls us to the cross of Christ to rest in his salvation, to be a unique and different people. To the point where someone will say, maybe it's already happened to you. I know it's happened to me more than once. Why do you think the way you think? What is in you that is different? And Peter says, be prepared to give a testimony when you're asked. It might be only the only thing you'll have time to say is the, 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 the God of the Bible, you know, has, has saved me through Jesus Christ. You may not get to say much more than that. But your testimony is so important. So we're different. We see the world differently. We respond differently. 
And it's all accomplished through the love of, of God, agape love working in us. Not something that we earn, but that God has given it to us. Surrender is what we're called to do. Communion is a perfect time to do that. Every time we share in the, the, in the emblems, uh, uh, the, the, the blood of Christ, the bread uh, in his body, we're saying the God of all creation is our Savior. We're saying that we surrender to him. We share it and we celebrate the reality that, that he died for us. And so it's not just a, a, a sharing of his death, but it's also a celebration, a remembrance of all that he has done. And one more thing. He told us that as we shared in the cup and, and the bread that he would not do this again until what? Until he comes again. We also have the promise in communion of his second coming. So let's uh, prepare our hearts for communion. Uh, let's have uh, the song and then uh, I'll pray and then we'll share communion. have a better song than that to end what we've just been talking about. Paul wrote to the 
Corinthians in chapter 11, which I'll read in a moment. It's probably a good idea to open this up now. If you bend the flap forward uh, down, it's easier to get a hold of the little clear plastic and open up where the the wafer is. And when you open the communion cup, you can get a hold of the lip, pull it back, and there's a little flange that sticks out. Get a hold of that with your thumb as you open it, and it'll be a little bit easier to get open. Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's share the bread. Paul goes on to write, in the same way, he also, uh, way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us share together. Father, we come to you and ask that you would open our minds and our hearts to the reality of how blessed we really are. So easy to get get caught up in what's going on around us and uh, forget the reality that we are the, the, the part of the kingdom of God. We're just pilgrims passing through this world, and the world is a fallen world. And even this pandemic is a reflection of the fall. We live above that. Through your grace, through your mercy, through your love, through the indwelling of your Holy Spirit, we rest with a confidence that the God of all creation has saved us. Cause us to go with a boldness in that confidence, a boldness that says, I belong to Jesus Christ. And the worst thing that can happen, I think of Paul. He says to live is Christ, to die is gain. The worst thing the world could do is, is, is I lose my life and I win. I win. Not that I'm anxious to be at that point. But, Lord, the reality of the confidence that that gives me to walk in your grace, not fearing the world, but enjoying the grace you have given us. Enjoying my salvation with a confidence that the God of all creation loves me so much, loves us so much. We thank you that we could come together and and share this morning. We ask, Lord, that as we go, you would cause us to Have your eyes and your ears and your hands again as we reach out to the community around us. Again, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Can everyone stand with us as we close? being here this morning. Enjoy the rest of this day. Beautiful sunshine.